Welcome back to the State of Grind podcast. This is a little bit of um, a different turn on what we normally talk about. Today's episode is about politics and what is happening in the United States of America right now as we speak, how it's structured, how everyone's reacting to COVID and the BLM movement. So let me know what you think of this type of format. This is just like a sidestep. I want to do one of these every you know, five to 10 episodes because I like this back and forth interaction with experts and people who actually dedicate a good portion of their lives to. So sit back, relax, and enjoy all the political goodness. So you know what's going on right now in the world. Yes. I think uh, everyone, well, everyone does. Everyone does. It's really hard to avoid with COVID going on and a bunch of political plays in the background Mm -hmm. and just the overall genuine the generally just chaotic landscape of things yes that's correct i know you know a lot about politics a lot more than myself that's essentially what was the uh, crux of creating this podcast is because there's certain things that you know mark you're really good in and there's certain things that i have no idea about and then we just learn so basically what this was is just an opportunity to just bring in a new form of entertainment or not entertainment but just an, another viewpoint i'm sure for amongst the millions but what i actually wanted to do on this episode was essentially first talk about how i got into politics why i found it interesting and then just how it relates to everything whether it's through black lives matter mm-hmm. or covid or anything because all these decisions that you see whether it's through the government giving out checks or putting out subsidies or when it comes to testing what's the real issue and reasoning behind it mm-hmm. so that's essentially what i want to kind of bring up to you with here so i actually want to ask you something about okay that. so i kind of want to go right into it go for it so what is trump doing right now so that's a very interesting <laughs> question as a canadian as no, a canadian so we get to kind of watch this from the outside and then you know just make our critiques but you have to understand, as right now, we are the third month in our lockdown, I'd say, and it, the pandemic doesn't seem to be getting better. But if you look at Trump, he's been very much encouraging people to go outside, don't wear masks, you know, just make, make, trying to make it seem that everything's back to normal. And then you have to look back at what, now you have to look at his origins of his reasoning, what would cause that. Because we have an election coming up in, let's say, about another... That's what I want to ask. Yes. Is, does this have anything... Is this going to be used in the election? 100%. Okay. 100%. Essentially, what he wants to do is he just wants to make him seem like, look at me, look what I've done. And now he's trying to push it out like, I saved us from Corona. I saved us from Black Lives or whatever it is, whatever he's trying to push on it. And his decisions are based upon trying to look strong for his elections, for his his base, his people that want to uh, vote for him. Okay. So... It's hard to really, if I was to guess or make any attempts for the future, it is clear um, his opponent is going to be Joe Biden. And Joe that's Biden. Joe Not Biden. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. So if I have to go back, there's two parties in the States. There's the Republican Party and then there's a the Democratic Party. Right? You know what? Let's let's go from there. Because, you know, I think that's a good, I have no, no clue okay. what's going on. All right. So tell me how the, the political system is set up. It's really messed up how it's set up because the way that it's set up right now is there's two teams. You're either red or you're blue. And it's the idea is like, let's say Mark, you're on team red and I'm on team blue. And I think that, Hey, I like the color. I like the color purple. And then you say, no, no, but I like the color uh, orange and you just fight over it when politics should not be like that. But they've altered it in a way that it seems like 
you have to be on a side or else your voice doesn't matter or your opinion doesn't matter. Whereas from my viewpoint, it should be a viewpoint of regardless of party or political affiliation or where you're on the spectrum, left or right, you should be making a decision that's best for people. But they don't make a decision that's best for the country because they want their party to win? Essentially, to a degree. To but a degree. Doesn't that hurt the country? Of course it does. Then why so is it still allowed? The, it's really strange because you feel, one of the other things we, I'm sure we eventually talk about is the money that goes into politics. And the idea is with these politicians, you see it quite often, is their job is not so much to do what's best for the people, although that's what you know, they say on paper. Their job is to get reelected again. Okay. And they will do whatever they can. And in this game in politics, you need to get money to have some fundraising money to you know get your name out there through bumper stickers or commercials or whatever. Okay. So the politician understands that the only way I stay in power or get reelected is if I get money. And the people that is providing me money so I can do all this fundraising are the bigger, higher companies, these corporations, the 1% essentially. So then, therefore, now their decisions aren't really based upon what's best for the people. Their decisions are based upon what's best for that, let's say, that 1% category, because that 1% category are the ones that are paying their bills to keep them reelected. Now, is that a good system? No. No, because it's, it's inherently flawed, because now their decisions aren't based upon what's best for the citizen. It's more or less what's best for my survival in, in Washington or in Canada or whatever political system you have. But it's got to do well for something because I'm thinking if they're catering to the 1% and the 1% are kind of leading the economy, mm -hmm. isn't it better for the economy to have that system? In theory, yes. You would think so. It's, that's what they kind of come down with the term of trickle-down trickle down economics, where it's basically whatever the guy makes at the top of the mountain, it just rolls down where everyone gets paid. Okay. Whereas the thing is the system's gotten so um, convoluted and corrupted where now... The 1% are essentially establishing where they can hoard and keep as much in income and wealth as they can. And, of course, the people that uh, suffer are like the middle class or the poor. Mm. Right? So that's where it kind of becomes iffy. Because like at the end of the day, like yes, that 1% group are the ones that are the ones that control most of the corporations. They own the business. They're job creators, as they would say. They're trying to create you know, income wealth or um, income, income stimulus. Mm. But it's gotten to the point where it's become so corrupted and the wealth and income inequality is going on so much that it's more or less, it's like Scrooge McDuck where he's just holding all his money now. He's not giving it up to anybody else. Huh. Right? That's where it gets a little convoluted. It, the system, and the system, if without any, if this is a perfect vacuum, the system does work. Capitalism does work. But when it, the bad part about capitalism is when it gets to the extreme, we've seen like in the financial crisis of 08, where people are just trying to just take as much money as they can from each other, and then we go into the crisis. Gotcha. Right? So, it, basically what happens is capitalism to the extremest point possible. Now it's just, it's become more about greed. Because like in, in, in a form how much of money do you need? Why are they so intent on making money mm -hmm. if they already have enough? That's a very good question, right? Like you, you would think, like if I have a billion dollars in my bank account right now, wouldn't I be happy? Wouldn't I be you know more than not even a billion? That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Let's say I had a million dollars in my account right now, right? I could put that a million into investments, make ten percent or whatever. But it's like that's low money. These guys that have multiple billions of dollars and they just want what their politician to win yes. so that their company can make more. Yes, that's What where, is behind them wanting to make more? That's a very good question. Is it power? 
I was thinking that. I mean, yes, to a degree. I was thinking that. Like, like Jeff Bezos is a, probably, I think, would be an ideal example for this. You see a guy who was working out of his basement, and then now he's running a multi-multi-billion-dollar company that's almost the GDP of certain nations or small nations. And yet, you see how his, we see this in terms of his wages, what he pays for employees. They have like a five-minute breaker here and there. Like, it's not slave work. Like, that's like a slave mentality, but. It's very much so that his employees are beat, beaten down. And, like, why would a guy who has this much money and this much revenue not try to expand his wealth or whatever or share the wealth more down, right? Mm-hmm. That's what kind of the system where politics has kind of fell into where the people at the top have hoarded so much money and the people at the bottom aren't. Do you think it'll ever transition to a system where it's actually beneficial for the citizens? Or do you think the companies are still going to, like, they'll still have a monopoly? Well, they're in the sense of running the politicians to make decisions for them. Yes, that's something that's always going to be the case. Like their idea, the theory behind it was how do we remove this from? How do we remove money from politics or corrupt money corrupting politics? Right. Okay. And the idea is like, okay, so we'll have uh, only publicly funded elections. So if I'm a company though, and I want to try to find an insider's edge by saying getting a politician in my pocketbook by keeping his election campaign running, and if I can't pay him money, I have to find another method of doing that. Now whether that's through favors or like advertising for them independently or something like that it's difficult but at the end of the day if i'm running a company and my goal is to always maximize revenue i'm going to find a way to do it <laughs> i'm going to find a way there will find find problem, way. right okay so that's what it comes down to because it's kind of it's something that's not really talked about but it's really understood it's almost joked about in politics it's like oh my god this politician is going to become the next president because they were able to raise this much money in the next quarter it mm-hmm. wasn't about policies it wasn't about what they wanted to change or anything of that sort it's more or less they were able to outraise more money than their other guy and in the vast majority of situations in american politics i've noticed that the guy the person who raises more money or the campaign that raises more money wins 98 percent of the time so Trump. Okay. Did he raise more money than Hillary? Trump is the anomaly. Actually, so if you look at it, Hillary was actually able to raise more money than Trump, but he was just the anomaly. He's that one thing that it's just like, it's just, you know, when you have, it's like a hot summer day in July or something and it snows or something. He's that weird anomaly. And so he, Hillary raised more money, but he won. And that's why it's kind of that's what it's kind of on, exactly. So then it's like the idea is like, what does that mean? Does that mean, like there's this misnomer or there's this like idea that all these people who vote for Trump are stupid and that's, you know, about like, I think 120 million people voted for him. I think it was more or less a revolt of people who were just so sick and tired of the system because Hillary, Hillary Clinton represented the system, the political system to a T. Mm. On paper, her resume meant would be like a slam dunk, you know, president. I thought she won in votes, didn't she? She won the so this is where politics comes a little strange with uh, American politics is because she had like fifty six percent so in terms popular of vote meaning she had over, citizen vote yes so, so popular citizen yes that's the actual raw number okay. of people who voted for Hillary and it was over fifty percent yeah but then the way that the American system works is something called the electoral college where it's basically if you win the state you get all those citizens and that's how we won. <laughs> that's dirty right so just go after the states with the highest population that's why they always go after Ohio. It's not so much the highest population because that's the swing state. So, like, the, the Republicans are considered more of a southern state, right? They're more of, like, the, you know, the Georgias, Texas, some of the Middle West. Whereas the Democrats, they have more of, like, the bigger major cities like New York and L.A., mm-hmm. right? So, the idea is what the states, what 
It's whoever controls most states wins the game, essentially. There's 50 states in America, right? It's So it's, their job is to, in order to win, they split the country in two. The, yeah, that's exactly Their goal is to split the country in two to cross, and to, have a bigger pie. Great division, 100%. Great division. And it shouldn't be like that. That's why it feels like this is, it's a sports team mentality. I like the Lakers, you like the Celtics, or I like the Raptors, you like whatever. It shouldn't be like that. And that's the thing is they pander to that base and they make it seem that the other party is against them mm. when it shouldn't be like that. Do you think Trump is making money off of his presidency? 100%. That's a guarantee. <laughs> that's a guarantee. How, How is he making Not money? directly, okay. because then that'd be obviously fraud and it's, you know it's treason almost, right? But through uh, blind trust, his subsidiaries, his kids still run his business. Okay. Right? So, like, the Trump empire is run by his two sons, I believe. And whatever decision that he makes that would be beneficial for his business, he's making money off that. People make money. You would think the vast majority of politicians, there are about 500 congressmen slash women in, uh, let's say, the states, right? Okay. The net worth of each are over, like, $2 million. Okay. Politics is for the rich. Okay. As much as the idea, the concept that you know we're gonna work together and, and you know strive to help. Wait, their each other. net worth is over two million, or each. their income is over two million. Oh, their income is over two. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Because right. I was thinking the net worth. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. They're all trained law. They're all trained lawyers as well. Okay. They've all went through law school, which means they're just basically an RU, right? And the system, the system, you do need buffers where it's to slow it down so you don't have legislation flying right away. Okay. But the system has become so. Um, just gummed up with uh, with just corruption, mm. then nothing passes. So uh, now just make it more contemporary now with the Black Lives Matter, Black yeah, Lives Matter so movement. Is politics involved with the BLM? The movement? Yes. Yes. Ah. Yes. Okay. So the reason why I asked that because I noticed like a lot of people are posting like their views on Facebook and Instagram and people get fired from the jobs. I wonder if yes. politics is stepping in to influence that. That's more of a social thing, I think. Okay. Right, it's because now it's it's no like no longer be don't be racist or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just more uh, like observant now. So those are more like social changes, like the Me Too movement or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all like social changes. But now the political system, you would like to see the political system take charge and take lead of it, but they just sit back and wait, and then they pick their sides and say, "I was always with you guys." Gotcha. So Joe Biden is a perfect. Joe Biden's going to be the candidate that Trump's going to be facing during this election. Okay. And in terms of politician, he's just a normal politician. Very like he's been in the game for almost, God, I don't know, maybe like sixty, not sixty years, but like forty years. Who's right? Joe Biden? Joe Biden's going to be the presumptive nominee that's going to face Donald Trump in this is election. He's like a secretary. Or he was a the vice president of Obama. And what is he now? He he's nothing right now. He's just trying to get elected as president. Now him being outside. Does that make it harder for him to become president? Usually, each president always goes for about two terms, right? And then they switch over and get the new guy in. But with the chaos that's going on right now, he's kind of striking while the iron's hot right now. He realizes that with the Trump presidency basically going through crisis, not looking good, and they're trying to create much division, he's playing on the other side where you know he can, he's going to win. Mm-hmm. It's still America, though. It's even though as crazy as it's been, and you think maybe Trump might get ousted or he might, you know, he might lose the American. It's it's such a divided country, 50-50. and both parties both kind of represent the same thing to a degree, mm-hmm. with slight, slight slight difference here and there, which is 
by far the most annoying part of, for me in American politics is you have a population of 350 million people and you only have two voices or two parties. Hmm. Whereas we're Canada, we have a population of, let's say, like 10%, 30, 35 million, and we have four parties. That's true. Right? So it's, now, that's the thing about Canada. Does it alternate between the four parties? Or again, is it two one versus one? Like there's two um, monopolies, like Ballin Rogers. And then you obviously have it. So with federal politics, there's two major parties in Canada, which is the Liberal Party and the Conservative Party. So blue and red. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Okay. But the system is a little bit different. We're parliamentary. We um, go by the seats, mm-hmm. not by like, the electoral colleges, by states. And the thing is, we don't... Um, That's more corruptible. How so? If you go by seats only? Or do people go, go by votes? So Canada has three... I don't think I understand think Canada... Canada, in terms of sister, or districts, or seats or districts, I forgot what the number was. It was like 380 or something. I'm not exactly sure what the number is now, right? Okay. And whoever gets the more seats or more districts, they become the the party becomes the majority party. Mm-hmm. So it's good in a sense because now that party doesn't have to deal with so much... Um, Campaigning? Yes and no. Because Canadian politi- politics, politicians don't necessarily campaign as much as U.S. politicians. Oh, this because the money there, so it's much different. Gotcha. It's a, okay. it's so much. To be honest, I think in the last election alone, Hillary Clinton raised raised about two billion dollars. She raised it. Yeah, two billion dollars. Is that through citizens that wanted to vote for her? For yeah. her? or citizens who or maybe give her a donation, or a company, or a wealthy family. What's that money used towards? Campaign contributions into power. Yes, it's like oh, bumper okay. stickers. So it's not going into their pocket. Well, some will. It's natural. Someone's going to get skimmed off the top. Gotcha. Don't get me wrong. Everyone skims, but it's what I'm trying to say is imagine two billion dollars is going towards getting someone in power, where like the people are giving that you know that percentage of two billion. If I'm a major company, if I'm getting someone into power, I want something back in return. It sounds to me like that's similar to the Super Bowl. Okay. Competitors would pay for ad space, and if let's say if they spend ten million, mm-hmm. they're expecting a seventeen million return. Yes, now, the, the ROI. Yes, exactly. That's so, the same type of thinking. What's the return on investment of two billion? Well, uh, let's say they're not putting in the whole two billion. I can imagine a company. So it's, putting like it's multiple, multiple, multiple companies, right? Doing it. But I remember reading an article about this. It's been a while, but the return of investment is almost like between four and eight to one sometimes. What? Yes. Because let's say if I'm. Oh yeah, company, hold on, hold on. I'm thinking like thirty percent would be the return. Oh no. What no, kind no, of deals? No, no, no. What's allowing them to make that four to one? Politicians are cheap. They're cheap. They just need. They just want the money. They'll do whatever they can. But what? So what is the politician that's doing mm-hmm. to help the company make more money? So here's an example. Like this is not a good. I'm sure this. Stuff, I can't give an exact example. So let's say if I am a energy company, mm-hmm. and through the process of energy, I have my waste products that I have to get rid of. Okay. And let's say I have to go through like a mechanism of cleaning it. That's very expensive. Whereas if I can say I get this politician who restricts the environmental practices, so now that waste I have to go through in complete refinement to cost me, let's say, $20 million to clean up or get rid of. Mm-hmm. If I get a politician who says, let's lower environmental restrictions, now I can just get rid of the waste for like $3 million or something. Gotcha. Right? So it's just, how can this politician <laughs> change policy or legislation that's going to help my business moving forward? Or even tax rates. The, you know, the, best, the best example would be tax rates. A politician I know, um, I have in my pocket, or I paid to help get elected, 
Uh, I one of the things was is like it's all hush hush. Nothing's actually said overtly. But like, hey man, if you can lower my bracket or my certain tax rate for this bracket, you know, this phase or for this much, I'm gonna make money off that way. And if I have to only make a two hundred thousand dollar investment to get this tax break, hmm. Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. And that's how the system's inherently corrupt. You can buy your way to power. You can buy access when it should never be like that. I see. Okay. It's marketing at the end of the day. That's all it is. Coke versus Pepsi. Who's more marketing yes. dollars? Yes. Are cool. They taste the same, but yes. you think they taste different because yes. of the color yes. and the brand. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what this politician said. Of the... So America is basically soda in terms of their, their practices. To a degree, you could you could start. It's a reasonable comparison to a degree. It's just whoever has the highest dollar, whoever pays them more, more into into the politicians' pockets or whatever, gets to dictate policy. It's not so much what's best for the country or what's best for the people. It's more or less what's best for the guy that's paying me. What's a so? There's a t- so what I'm understanding is there's a ton of corruption, right? A ton of corruption. It's mm-hmm. all about money in the game. Yes. The politicians. Yes. What is a system where it minimizes that? That's an interesting question. Is there a country that has that? Is China, what China's doing, is that the every, right way? Corruption is inherent in every poly, in every type of society. You can never, never, never get rid of it. It's just, it's part of the system. Someone's always going to try to game it. The idea is you just have to have, like, maybe, like, so an example would be, hey, let's have federal elections, publicly funded elections. But if I'm a billion-dollar company, if I can't, you know, pay my way into getting power, I'll find some other method. Now, what mm. that other method is... Who knows what that would be? But this is the what now the system we have right now. It's open and it's very apparent that money is corrupting politics. So the idea is let's stop that. And whenever the next you know for a billion idea, the next idea shows up, find a way to stop that. What I'm saying is what China is doing right now is they have a they have a stranglehold on absolutely oh, everything. Oh Xi Jinping, yes. absolutely. I, for example, his decision is law. At any point, he's got he's God. There he's go. He's God over there. Now, his decisions, as bad as that you want to say they are, they are. His goal is to make the country better and stronger, versus politicians who fight for more money. Like for example, Chi- oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so is that a good system to adopt, or is that too oppressive? Well, it is very oppressive, right? It's just but that he's is it worth having that oppression for the better society? No, no. Well, the thing is, it's. Actually, that's a silly question, <laughs> right? Because like he, his idea is win at all costs, right? That's his that's his yeah, motto, yeah. and he's like he's his people are getting sick or his people are being oppressed or whatever. You know what? I'll deal with that later. Let me just get let me get China up on the global stage as a bigger player, okay. and it's working right now. It's working. China's on pace to you know become one of the global. I believe their their global GDP their GDP was going to surpass the states and like well without the pandemic they're supposed to surpass it by twenty forty or twenty fifty. That's right around the corner. It's in terms from a global politics standpoint, it's tomorrow. Plus, with their Silk Road, they're doing the Silk Road Initiative. The Silk Road Initiative is China's way to basically say, "Use my highway," and you're going to use my highway because it's the cheapest, it's the best, and I control all the terms. They're the middleman, and they get a cut off of each transaction throughout that. Throughout Essentially, that yeah, they're, they're the hubs. They're the hub that you do all business through. They're, they're, they're going to be the currency that you do all business through. So they're like Amazon. They want to yes. be the Amazon in terms that is of very, that, That's very accurate. They're trying to become the Amazon of all global politics. And even though you might have the biggest product on the site, we're yeah. still the one that's pushing it. They're the distributor. They're the distributor. Yes. 
Exactly. Okay. So that's where global politics kind of... We, we kind of took a really weird turn. I thought we were just going to talk about how what's going on right now, but it's just... It's yeah. so con- it's so diverse and convoluted that, that they're all connected in some strange way that it's it's messed up. It's inherently incorrect. There's there's inherent corruption, observable inherent corruption corruption that we know of, but we accept because we're busy or we just don't have time to do it. So in terms, what what is the method of trying to get what you want or what you, if you want to get proper policy done? The way if you tie it back to Black Lives Matter is by protest, which is shown, hopefully, this time around, it might show some actual progress. So, there, so like in terms of the Black Lives Matter, one of their main points is, amongst some others, is systemic racism going on throughout our culture and throughout our the police force. Mm-hmm. And before it'd be maybe someone would get shot, a young black man would get shot, you know, protest for a couple days, and then it would stop, it would go away. Mm-hmm. Then it happened again three months later. Same uh, same process. This one feels different, though, because it's sustained. It's not something that people just, you know, talk about for a day and walk away. It's sustained, and it's continuing to grow to the point where now politicians realize they have to do something or say something because it's going to affect their vote. Hmm. That's why. Once you get these... Once the politician has a fear that they might lose the election if they don't address the issue, then they're going to start talking about it. So, not... A very accurate representation but like a few years ago with gay marriage hmm. if you go back about 20 years you listen to all these politicians they would it's gay marriage is wrong it's corrupt it's not religious we should get rid of it but when the social narrative changed where this is ridiculous we should have equality for all lives and, you know gay people should be able to get married they should have equal rights politicians like oh i was always about equal rights they just changed their tune because they realized socially or you know the will of the people says it's thus and that's why i should act accordingly so now if the Black Lives Matter follows that same format, you might actually see some change for once. Hmm. And that's so it game. takes it to implement. So you have to impact someone's pockets in order to change well, how that works. Yes, that's the one. That's If I can if I can pay for Black Lives Matter movement being you know successful, if I could pay for it, it would have been done by now. Mm-hmm. It would have been. The other way is through this method, just vigorous protest. To the point where politicians have to say this, I'm not going to get elected if I don't get this done. So do you think that what's going on right now will change anything about how America treats their black people? Uh, that's That seems to be the, what's, what's going on right now. That seems to be like the method of a... That seems to be the hot topic where politicians are now finally jumping on it and agreeing with it that we need to make changes. But will it change anything? That's a deeper question because I actually thought about this much. I think we've talked about it before. It might, it's very much, um, it's like with medicine, it could kind of take away the symptoms, but it's not going after the cure or not going after the origin of the disease. And the origin of the disease comes, me, this is me and my personal opinion, it comes down to income inequality, meaning that if you look in the States where people are getting paid $7 an hour, how are you going to support, you know, support your family how are you gonna you know grow hmm. and what's almost guaranteed is wherever you have low income or poverty it leads to crime leads to any type of you know oppression or whatever hmm. and that's what it comes down to it's like you know there's poor white people there's poor black people there's poor people in general but the way that's been devised as is like oh these are the poor black people or that's holding us back or whatever hmm. that's not the case it's the system is inherently um set up where this is my opinion, of course, where the top have their money and the poor have their, like, they don't have their money and they have to go to that method of bad credit, crime, 
whatever it so is. So they're stuck. They, they basically feel like they're in a rut. They're absolutely in a rut. If I'm working a minimum wage job that has no upward progression, has no increase in salary, and I'm forced to work $10 an hour for the rest of my life, what am I going to do? Where am I going to make my money? How am I going to grow? How am I going to get out of this credit card debt? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to educate myself by going to the school because I can't afford this? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a perpetual thing where it just gets worse and worse and worse. So what I'm kind of seeing is a lot of companies and um, politicians are vowing to put money towards growing black communities. Now. It's, yes. I mean, at first off, that's a good sign. That's a good step. But it's, once again, you're just you know, taking care of the symptoms but not going after the or the disease, right? Which is, well, in my opinion, again, it's income inequality. The way I think, that, me, this is me, this is what I'm thinking about, the way that you get people out of this rut is through education. And that's me, and like not, it's that's just me, you know, or not so much education, but providing opportunities, whether it's through education, through arts, medicine, you know, any type of form. Hmm. Just providing opportunity in that sense, because the moment you take away opportunity from people, especially people living who live in a impoverished neighborhood or in yeah. poverty, they just they don't have any uh, upward progression. They have no reason to work. Okay. Right? You have to provide people with opportunities. Now, whether they take it, whether they take advantage of it, that's to you know we can't really guarantee that. But as long as we provide that opportunity of a fair you know fair wages, so that they can have enough money where they can support their family and have money to go let's say go you know pick up a course so I can increase my uh, education level to go to the next job. Hmm. You need to have that opportunity at all times. But now does, here, because the lockdown happened, a lot of people lost their jobs. Yes. Especially in poor communities. That's where it got hit hardest. That's where it got hit hardest. Mm-hmm. Do you, without, being without income, other than that one stimulus check, I believe they sent 1300 or something? Sure. Do you think that that's going to set them back even farther now? Yes. From getting? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, because now basically it's not even just the you know, people who are poor. People in the middle class are taking out more debt, credit cards, taking out more debt to pay their mortgages, their rents, feed their kids, and now they're going now they're going down that path. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is if this if I was to say this is my like pred- prediction, if we don't do nothing and if we continue on this path, we're going to have a society of a very rich, no middle class, and all poor. And that's that's the. Just- that's like a spark for civil war. That's that is guaranteed civil war. Because civil wars have happened in the past for specific, like specifically that type of situation. Mm-hmm. There is rich and then there is poor. If there's no middle class, Spartacus. Breaks, yeah. There you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why do people love Robin Hood? Man, he steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Mm. It's it's a constant battle that society's been going through since its inception or since it's recorded history and it's always seems to go back and forth. It's always seems to vacillate back and forth between the rich taking as much as they can. And then there's some type of battle or some type of, you know, you know, major event. And then it gets kind of divvies up again and it goes back. It's a cycle, the circle where it goes back to the rich. The idea is we have to find that perfect medium where we can, people could just live, like people just need to put opportunity and live in harmony. Truthfully, most people want to be left alone. They just want to do their own thing, have, run their lives. But if you put them in a position where they can't even do that because they can't even get their proper wages, they have to figure out other methods. Hmm. Okay. Well, we've been on this for about 30 minutes now. We forgot. <laughs> Time flies. It Time does. really does fly. So I do want to pick up where we left off on another like, episode. Yeah, like, the thing is, like, <laughs> we had a little schedule of what we initially thought about to talking about, and we completely we went off. Of course. Yeah. Right, but the thing is, there's just 
it's just everything's related. So I, in my mind, anyways, everything's related back to politics. Mm-hmm. Where I could figure out if I could look at the money, look who's in power with it, you can kind of you can find out what's going on. So if we, you know, with the next episode, we might say like how or what kind of parties or who supports what party. What like why does this company report support this party? Why does this company support this party? And just break it down even further. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it was a fun podcast. It was a lot more. <laughs> this is a lot more than I anticipated, but it's fun. Definitely. All right, man. Until right. next time. Absolutely. Take it easy. You as well.